my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Tyler Grant. Always a great time talking to Ty. Uh, and we had a lot to discuss. We talked about uh, a little bit of fantasy football. And we talked about Vivek Ramaswamy, who really bothers me for one reason or another. And we talked about a lot of the other grifters and, and just bad subpar candidates on, on both sides of the aisle who have run uh, for president the last several cycles. We kind of ranked the worst of the worst. Uh, presidential candidates, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about whether or not the, the Democrats will try to replace Joe Biden at the top of the ticket. We talked Iowa. A lot of stuff to get to. I think you guys want to Before we get to Ty, guys, if you, haven't, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. The old baby is uh, growing some teeth, and uh, apparently uh, it's very upsetting to uh, babies when they have teeth coming in. So it's been a lot of screaming the last few days, but it's all right, man. We, uh, we persevere. At what point are you allowed to give her her first filet mignon or ribeye steak? Like, when does that come in? Is that like three? Is that six months? I where, think where they, are we can, at on that? they can eat meat in in like a year, after a year. Okay. But you got to like chop it up in little tiny pieces. Okay, that's fair. And you're going to obviously start her medium rare, right? Rare. 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 Everything's rare. Rare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Ducks, deer, all that stuff is, uh, it's all rare. Yeah, obviously. I uh, so before we jump into it, we have a lot to talk about as always. But our uh, was our <laughs> sixth annual fantasy football draft, no gimmicks league draft, is a week from Wednesday, man. You're uh, you're picking uh tenth overall. Picking tenth, I I'm I'm overall optimistic. I think that we we got them right where we want them. I have no idea where I finished up last year. I feel like I was I feel like I was at the top or maybe like the middle of the middle, but um definitely not the bottom which I was, I was proud about. And I, uh, I look forward to more overarchingly that the Jags are going to be pretty good this season. I uh, watched them practice the other day, um, which was pretty cool, and hoping to go over to London and watch them play the Falcons in London, which will be pretty neat. So going to support my boy Trevi Lawrence. Yeah, man, I, uh, I know. Dude, he's a guy that I, um, I wouldn't mind having on my fantasy team. I think he's going to. I think he's be a stud, especially if he keeps they keep letting him run. They let him run a whole bunch last year, so. Oh yeah, D- dude, Dougie P. He's got it all lined up with all these like trick. I mean, they were running like trick plays and crazy crap in practice in front of like five thousand people watching. So yeah, I, I imagine that yeah, he's gonna run. He's gonna pass. He's gonna have some receiving yards. It's gonna be a whole thing. So. It does make a difference to have a real coach. It yeah. seems. Seems like a yeah. night and day difference the last couple of years for the Jags. Yeah, I mean, some some would argue um, that that it is possible that uh, Urban Meyer not not a great coach. Some some people are saying I'm Ron Burgundy. 
I remember uh, it was like one of the first games of the year when he was that whatever six weeks when he was the coach <laughs> of the Jets or whatever it was. I remember they're playing the Rams, who had just won the Super Bowl, and he was watching film and he's like, "Oh man, this uh, this '99 character, he seems pretty good. We got to think about him." He's talking about Aaron Donald, like the you know like, like three time Defensive Player of the Year, like one of the greatest players ever. Every household name, he's in commercials. Like everyone knows the guy. And it's like Urban Meyer had never heard of the guy before. You're like, dude, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what, what, you, what's the, what's the game plan here, fellas? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. When he was in town, there was, there was definitely a mood. You know, how there's like moods when you go to a football game, like an NFL game, and you're just sort of looking around, and everybody's like, we're here, we're optimistic, but we know that we know the income, like what's going to happen here in a minute, and. There was that feeling at those games. You'd go in, everybody was expecting, hey, it, it's possible that we could win. It's unlikely. And it just it just went it went very sadly for a long time, every one of those games. But last year it was fun. Went to a couple games, went to the went to that playoff game that um the Jags came back from like twenty four to nothing. It yeah. Was, it was a lot of fun. So Yeah, Tre old Trev threw like four picks in the first half and five touchdowns in the second half or something. It was like the craziest turnaround ever. Dude, it was so the good people of of Duval are a fascinating bunch of people and their love for the Jags knows no bounds. No one left. Everyone was right there. It's like we we paid for these seats. We will watch till the brutal, brutal end. If it's fifty to nothing, we are gonna we are gonna still be drinking our beers and watching the Jags lose. And it they rallied around them. It was great. It was fun to watch. It was very, very fun. The only thing that drives me crazy about our uh, the boys in our fantasy football league is that they they're just obsessed with quarterbacks. Yeah. Like all the good quarterbacks are off the board. Like you have to take a quarterback in the first like five rounds, or you're just screwed. And then they all draft like two tight ends and two quarterbacks. I'm like guys, why? Like you don't you don't have to do that. Like most leagues, you're kind of you know like there's the, you could go to the waivers for a quarterback if you need to stream some guy or there's an injury. But it's like, dude, you gotta our league, you gotta draft two quarterbacks, gotta draft one early and one late, because they're just all gonna be good. They're just obsessed, man. These savages are just obsessed with I mean, the quarterback I, dude, position. I, I, when Tom Brady was in the league, I was one of these savages. I drafted Tom Brady early and often, and I I'm not ashamed by it. I I'm that guy, you know. I I mean. It's just I, I'm ashamed to admit, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in I'm in the Brady game. I love Brady. I don't know what soccer team he just bought the other day, but I'm gonna go support <laughs> that soccer team. I don't even football, whatever. I'll be uh, I'll be supportive of that nonsense. I'll I'll rally all the way to the everybody in zero zero nil nil as they say. So. I don't know exactly why, and we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll talk some politics here. I don't really know why this is, man, because there's a lot of grifters out there right now. I mean, it's just, especially the political right, I mean, it's just an absolute crap show. But Viz- Vivek Ramaswamy <laughs> honestly bothers me more than any other politician right now. Like, he just grinds that that your my gears. I know. I, I just, I've, I've been meaning Americans to bring this up. Americans buying soccer teams are like, speaking of grifters, <laughs> All right. Ramaswamy. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody, like, Ramaswamy doesn't matter, right? Like, it's like, it doesn't matter. Whatever. He's pulling at 1%. He's sure. just a, also, he's just some hack or whatever. So it's like I, I, I typically stick to the topics that really matter on the show, but I've been totally unplugged doing family stuff. I was fishing on Lake Erie over the weekend and, and just like 
I'm just way unplugged. So I like I don't know the actual current events, so I'm just going to touch on a bunch of topics that I've wanted to talk about, but <laughs> haven't had the time. And I've just been meaning to complain about Vivek Ramaswamy because he just he's the single least authentic politician who's ever ran for office. And none of them are authentic. They're all like this, but he's just so over the top that it's just it's grating. Every time I hear him talk or I see anyone post something about him, it just drives me crazy. Like he's just a caricature. He's such a caricature that I don't understand why anyone is falling for his shtick. Are you trying to tell me right now with a straight face that you didn't enjoy his rendition of Eminem <laughs> and Lose Yourself? I, I feel did, like that's what you're I did talking not. about right now. I did not. I did not enjoy that. Huh. Weird. Um, yeah, I mean, rank them right now. If you had, you've got grifters, perceived grifters, Vivek. Elizabeth Holmes, the blood, the blood lady. Oh gosh, yeah. Fire Festival guy, Candace Owens, Carrie Lake, the WeWork guy. He was the pretty WeWork, rough. The WeWork guy. Rank them. <laughs> <laughs> gosh. Who, who's your top three of those people? Does Vivek make the top three? <laughs> Be honest. All right. See, that, that's actually important. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, Elizabeth Holmes probably got people killed. She might have gotten people killed. I mean, because you just can't do fake diagnostics on people. That's crazy evil. <laughs> that is like, that is crazy cartoon villain evil. You know, just completely removed from like what makes you a human being at that point, you know? But like so that's pretty bad. me level because she was yeah. like, here's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a, a drop of blood and we're going to run a million zillion tests on it and cure you for, and like, it's going to be amazing. And like a lot of idiot, very you know smart people, quote unquote, bought in for millions of dollars. It's crazy. I mean, like three secretaries of state. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Vivek, though, he, uh, it's like someone. Did you read Woke Inc.? No. Okay. Did you? I I listened to it. Oh, is it okay? Is it anything of value or? I mean, it's exactly what you, you know and think. It's the fact that, and I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously well-written and whatever. I mean, it's, it's exactly what we know to be true that corporations have a very interesting prerogative when it comes to administering results relative to capitalism and that there's this interesting notion that happens, you know, at a certain level of the capital raise that the company's doing particularly well. And then all of a sudden motivations change because they've reached a certain threshold of, um, of income that they can have these sort of like notions and that they immediately pivot when they get certain, HR people, certain DNI people in their in their different groups, if they decide that okay, now is the time that we can change our priorities from I don't know making money, delivering a product to people, delivering a service that makes sense to now we can actually kind of reallocate from going towards the equity for our shareholders and more towards our equity for you know all of these sort of like illustrious societal concepts. It's like that that article that that guy conservative or New York Post or something he was at some sort of think tank and he he called it um luxury beliefs luxury beliefs oh and right, it was right. like yeah it was like the notion that once you reach a certain income level where you're insulated from actual you know economic downturns upturns whatever that you're going to always be okay that you can possess these certain like quote-unquote popular beliefs and so he, i mean he wrote a pretty good book about it i mean he's he started a handful of companies he's been a part of a lot of big companies so it is good. I mean, it is. He does have sort of like. A, I think what does cut against him on the trail is that he kind of has like a childlike 
kind of vibe to him a little bit. Like he looks a lot younger than everybody else and he looks a lot younger than his current age. So he all, you know, he obviously comes across a certain way. And I think he, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of people that have, have said this, I'm kind of copying an idea here, but I think a lot of people have said that he's sort of waiting to see kind of how the Trump game plays out. And if Trump gets pulled off the map, um, you know, like who, who's to say, but if that happens, you know, he wants to be kind of the heir apparent that's been like, Hey guys, like I've been supporting your guy this whole time. And now your guy's gone. I will champion your guy. So I think that's, that's just too thirsty. That's not going to work. You know, it, so. ne- it never works if you're too thirsty. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, polling, polling's putting him second now. No, it's, so, it's not. No, it's not. It's just that one. It's that one. Uh, no, he's down at like 1%. He, uh, it's that, no, it's that, um, it's the same. It's just a a Democrat, a Florida Democrat, uh, polling agency that keeps putting out those polls praising uh, Ramaswamy. It's a, they just hate uh, DeSantis. It was the same polling agency that had Charlie Crist up by ten points on DeSantis the day before the election, and he lost by twenty. So it's just like right. it's just right. like it's just DNC propaganda. That's all that. I forget what uh, the agency is who keeps doing those polls, but it's like every poll has Ramaswamy at one percent, and then that poll has him at twelve every time. You're like, okay, like I, I kind of I see what's going on here. But I think like another thing about Vivek is that there was a little bit in like 2015, early 2016 with Trump too that it just feels like he speaks right wing as a second language. You know, like he just gets like mm. the the basic. Like Trump would be like, abortion's bad. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we got to round up and arrest all the women who've had abortions. And everybody's like, whoa, hey, like that's not, that's not, that's not the position. Like that's like nobody, nobody thinks that, you know, so it's just like, oh, I have to be like extreme pro, you know, and then Trump would figure it out and then like not, you know, say, but it's just like Vivek, he's like, I, day one in the Oval Office, I will end birthright citizenship it's like no you won't that would actually take a constitutional amendment you really think you're gonna get two-thirds of the state legislature 70 senators all right come on all right all right son like (laughs) it's calmed down a little bit but it's just like it just feels like if you taught me spanish for three weeks and dropped me off in the middle of mexico and i tried to fit in with the locals like it's just like it's just feels like he's insulting the intelligence of every single person who hears him speak I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with a lot of that. I mean, to be fair, sometimes I feel about that way about libertarians, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, so do I. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, all right, let's all get together. They're all they're all in the woods. They're all smoking cigars together. They're like, what if we what if we just went back to the gold standard? One guy's like, yeah. And the other guy's like, what if we just like got rid of cities altogether? And the other guy's like, yeah. And then just like, what if everyone just had their own like arsenal of weapons and no one bothered them and there's no taxes and everyone's like, yeah. And then everybody, you know, like uses their cell phones and leaves right. the, leaves the, yeah. So that's fine. No, no, no doubt. Um, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, do you think, um, do you think Trump shows up to the first debate? No. Really? No. I think that would be I mean, he's massive no. loss for him. No. I mean, he's mistake. he's convinced the, all of his supporters that he shouldn't even have to and that everyone should drop out and he should be made that's emperor. A that's a mistake. Total mistake. I, I hope I hope that that's not true. I think that the American people have a right to hear from the presumptive nominee. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think that that's like kind of I mean, I feel that way on the Democratic side, too. If you, if you poll above five percent of the population. I think you should have the ability to kind of 
I think it should be ten percent. I think the cutoff should be ten percent, which would mean like, yeah, there should be a Democratic debate between Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Biden. There should be a Republican debate exclusively between Trump and DeSantis. I think it should be ten percent. If you're consistently polling at ten percent, you get to debate. If you can't, you don't, and then everybody has to show up. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a total insult to his own supporters. I mean, and it's the fact that Trump supporters are totally fine um, just being insulted to their face, saying, no, I don't need to earn your vote. Screw you. You serve me. I'm not a public servant. I'm God Emperor Trump. You serve me and do what I want. That's what he's telling uh, his supporters. I mean, that's that's completely insulting, and that's un-American, and that's actually evil, in my opinion. Uh, but no, he's not going to. And then, plus, too, man, on true social, like— Anytime he has one of these BS indictments pop up, he'll tweet or truth or whatever something that's like very close to something that would land him in prison. <laughs> like, I have to imagine that his lawyers are, are like, please, Mr. President, don't debate because like you're going to get yourself thrown in jail because you're going to just like brag about how you didn't declassify documents again or something. You know what I mean? He's just going to run his mouth, say something terrible, mm. and it's going to hurt him in court. So I think there's a lot of reasons why he won't. And he's I just, you. Kind, you know, you. he's not. He's not this big, bad, confident dude like he's kind of always been, in, you know, kind of a wuss, and he's afraid of the press. You know, he told Fox News he didn't want to fire Anthony Fauci because he was afraid the Democrats would have gotten mad at him. You know, like he's kind of this, like, he doesn't want the approval of others and doesn't want to take risks and stuff like that, even though his whole persona is the opposite of that. Well, I mean, we, I mean, the fact is true that if he had fired Anthony Fauci, they'd have impeached him again. They'd already impeached Another him for reason. no reason, so yeah. So I mean, it's like that, they were already mad. Thousand percent happened. Yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I, I think you know, I don't know how many Trump people listen to your thing, but I don't. I think that's a humongous mistake, and that all all that serves to show is that Trump's lost a little bit off his fastball if he doesn't go to the debate because that's like his his strength is going there and just you know straight up decimating people on a debate stage and making people super irrelevant very, very immediately. And to go up there and not would be a major mistake. But I mean, he, uh, I don't know if it would be a mistake politically. I mean, it's a mistake morally to not debate. I mean, he owes it to his own voters to debate, but just politically speaking, a smart form not to his entire campaign strategy is just to lie about what happened when he was president. He's like, Oh, I built the wall and there's no wall. You know, it's like, Oh, I, I was great with COVID people dying of drug overdoses and suicides businesses gone the global economy destroyed you know the greatest expansion of government power since woodrow wilson i mean he has no defense of anything that happened he didn't end any wars he didn't do you know he he did cut taxes a little bit you know like he chose not to go to war with iran which was great in 2017 but i mean especially starting in in early 2020 it it was an absolute disaster so he's he can't like his he's not running on his record. He's just using his surrogates to lie about his record and try to brainwash people, and that doesn't really work on a debate stage when people are calling you out for it. Yeah, I just don't know. I I just don't know that we got a good alternative though. Like I mean, you know, I'm looking at this. This this says Iowa polls 2022. It says Trump 48, Ramaswamy 11, DeSantis 10, Pence 8, Christie 4, Haley 4, Scott 2, Burgum 1. I mean, who who's your horse in that? Yeah, all the other Iowa polls have Trump around 45 to 48, DeSantis like 18 to 24, and then the rest of them under like three or so. But still, I mean, that's huge. I mean, he's like, what, 25 points up on Ron DeSantis? I mean, like, anything's possible, but that's highly unlikely that you'd make up 20, 25 points. And to my understanding of the caucus is is the only way that it could could happen 
would be basically at every caucus across Iowa that 55% to 52% would have to like consolidate together against Trump with one guy. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a lot of these people are only in the race, Ramaswamy included, just to try to get in Trump's cabinet. So they're not going to, I mean, they'll just stay in and try to squeeze out the actual alternative candidates. I mean, there's only like, I mean, Ron DeSantis actually wants to be president. Mm-hmm. Tim Scott probably wants to be president, even though it's just totally delusional. Tim, maybe, Tim maybe Scott Nick, totally wants to be president. Maybe he Nikki never, Haley, ever, but, ever but the rest of them don't want, they're just running to sell books and make money and to try to get in Trump's cabinet. There's no, you know. I think Ber- I think Bergam actually thinks that he could be president one day. Not not right now, but I think he kind of thinks like, you know, he's doing that. Um, God, what was that dorky dude that ran as a billionaire for the Democrats last time? And he like, oh, didn't uh, pay anybody. He was a Starbucks New York guy. Mayor. Well, there was that guy too. But oh, other, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Like I think he that kind of thinks that he's like he. I mean he he's like a billionaire in North Dakota or South Dakota. Like he he thinks he's somebody. So I mean I I think he kind of. Has that thing, but I mean that to to the point that we were making earlier, like that guy, his only shot is like performing well at a debate, and if Trump's not up there, it's just sort of like no one's going to tune into that, you yeah. know? It'll be like, you know, they're trying to figure out who's who's you know doing an also ran or who's the second second place guy. So I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, let's uh, we were talking about this earlier. What what is our uh, what are your least favorite people? that have run for president on the Republican side. In the past on the Republican years. side? So the last few cycles? Yeah. Let's let's go back, we'll go back to at least at least 2008. If you got somebody deeper than that, I, I don't remember anybody deeper than that, but Yeah, I graduated high school in 2007. So 08 adult life started in 08. Same. So that Same. like that that before that it's I mean, you know, you don't really have opinions as a teenager. You think you do. But <laughs> but you don't really you don't know enough to to really have opinions as a teenager, but I mean, obviously McCain real bad um, in every way. Not uh, great. Not not great. not great. Romney bad. You know, there were a few like, and I, obviously my guy was was Ron Paul. Um, you know, those campaigns, even though he he didn't win the nomination in in either '08 or '2012. You know, I do think Ron Paul actually changed the country for the better. That he gave. Republicans permission because this is how voters view a lot of issues sometimes like he gave in 08 like he gave Republicans permission to be anti-war and that am I I allowed to ask this question like I feel like this might be like a father the son and the holy spirit kind of question like which one do you like better but am I allowed to ask a libertarian like are you who do you like better Ron or Rand Ron interesting yeah didn't even hesitate yeah I mean they're both great I mean Rand Paul is probably the best senator we've ever had him or Mike Lee at least in the last 50 years, you know, they're, they're kind of a, yeah, they're top of the mountain. But I mean, Ron Paul, he just, he, and he did it while being an old man and not a great orator, but he explained the concepts of liberty to people in a way that anybody could understand. And he, he went from in like in six months, people not even aware what the federal reserve is to arenas full of college kids chanting and the fed. Like that was a, a, a you know, what I mean? no, really. I, I mean, do and, remember that. I do. Remember. And you're like, he not only educated these people into like what this stuff means, introduced young people to Austrian economics, and then got people fired up and and passionate about it all in a very short period of time. And that went on to move 
in some small way, the Republican Party in the right direction. I mean, we were going towards, in the George Bush years, just two massive interventionist left-wing parties. And then, at least for a brief moment, the Ron Paul revolution did kind of infuse the ideas of wanting to be free into the Republican Party again for the first time since, you know, Barry Goldwater, probably. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a good take. But there were other candidates that were... I mean, what's his name from Texas? Uh, he's the governor of Texas. Rick Perry had some Rick good things Perry. to say. He was, uh, you know, he was a, a pretty solid candidate for a while. You know, like there was, you know, there were some, I don't know, we had some guys, but a lot, a lot of bad. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of you know, 2016 was a just a crapshoot, you know, it was kind of all over the place. Uh, it kind of devolved from talk about any of the issues to just like a big Trump fest, you know, which I don't think helped anybody. But I don't know. Like, where where are you at? Where do you what do you where would you rank some of the the good and bad from the last several cycles? Okay, I got yeah yeah I I have a list. So do you want me to go from the like five to one or one to five? Either way, dealer's choice. Okay okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go five to one. Okay so here we go. Number five, Bobby Jindal, governor. He, he wasn't bad. Louisiana. Yeah. Total, totally misrun campaign. Oh, yeah. Real bad. Complete, completely dorky on the stage. Did a weird thing about his, like, book stuff. Couldn't hold any, hold a candle to anybody. Looked like a, looked like an also ran before, before, like, two weeks after he started. And he was, like, supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Terrible. Number four, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> the worst Rem- campaign. The weirdest. Remember when he just said, "Screw it, we're not even gonna go to uh, Ohio or like Idaho or Iowa. Any, anywhere. He's just Florida. <laughs> we're just gonna go to. We're gonna put all our eggs in Florida, sort of New Hampshire." <laughs> and everyone was like, "Okay," <laughs> and I don't think he picked up like a percentage point of the vote in New Hampshire. Very, very strange. Number three. And now we know he's like a raging alcoholic who's spent decades grabbing ass all over the place. So that's oof. which doesn't which doesn't surprise me. I think I told no, you no, the no. story. I, I think I told you the story that it was like me and a couple guys like Kevin McMahon. I don't know if you know that guy. Like yeah, yeah. a couple other conservative dudes. And we were just sitting in, um, you know, Trump Hotel back when it was like, you know, kind of the, the clubhouse. And, that, you know, you always like see people there. And it was like kind of funny to like observe um, and have a drink there before like going out. And so we're all sitting there and, you know, the guys in our circle were like, Rudy, Rudy, like that kind of thing. And he like walked over and, you know, we just expected kind of like a, hey guys, how's it going? He like wanted to like sit down and have a drink and take a picture and all this stuff. And we we're talking to him. He's like, oh yeah, I'm about to go on Fox. And we're like, you you look like you're a couple sheets to the wind, my friend. And he like walked off. <laughs> it was so weird. Oh, gosh. It was so weird. And, and it was sort of like, we're all just like dudes in our like, mid 20s yeah like, hanging out and he just like kind of walks over the 75 year old man yeah and he was like <laughs> yeah it was like and you know he was like kind of like pudgy and weird and it's just the whole thing was very strange um but yeah that guy number three rick santorum totally forgot about santorum totally totally weird dude did all that with those like like really a pennsylvania weird... senator that's right that's, that's right. right so weird 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 policy moves Things that he cared about, he cared about way too much. Things that he too many things, about, yeah, too didn't many. care about at all. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. And then all those things that were like, you know, dispositive things in his life that he cared about so much, he just threw it all away to go be a commentator on what was it, MSNBC or CNN or something like that. But 
just totally strange just to go get beat up every day on one of those networks. Number two, John Kasich. Just, and I, I, I say this coloring the fact that now all of his nonsense colors the fact of like who he was back then. But like the straight talk express of the Kasich days being overshadowed by now just going and just nuking anything that resembles any level of anything like right of center. He's like, no, that's that's just total like QAnon right wing conspiracy theory stuff. And it's like, what? Number one. Do you have any guesses? Of the worst? Of the worst. The worst of the worst. The past 15 years. Give me a minute. It's not this cycle, is it? It's not this cycle. I'll give you a hint. He, he was he was deep state. He was deep state. He was deep state. He doesn't pay. He doesn't pay his political operatives. Who am I missing? He's from the great state of Utah. Oh, freaking, uh, <laughs> yeah, McMullen. Oh, God, I forgot about McMullen. I was going to say John Huntsman. Oh, John Huntsman. Oh, my gosh, he was bad, too. Dude. <laughs> All right, we might have Wait, to re-rank some guy. Oh, I want, I, yeah, I want McMullen. <laughs> Dang it. They're both, they're both CIA. Oh, God. Both, oh, that was a mistake. Neither one of them pay their political options. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, you I could have been describing both of those guys, though. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even, that was totally unintentional. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, dude, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> they're Anyways. both they're both just the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my ranking. God, we've had some we've had some people over the past couple of years. Just Real terrible, doozies, man. Just terrible. Oh man. Mm. How about on the Democrats? Who's the worst Democrats to have run for president? Let's go back to 08. Oh gosh, there was that. They've, they've had a couple like really like dweeby guys that have gotten yeah. up there and like just just weird like can't hang like fellas that are just always kind of well because the you know you've got like the true believer types you know what i mean that are like the really the people that care a, a whole lot um bernie sanders elizabeth warren bernie sanders totally um none of these none of these people are too bad and in 08 they, they kind of had their kind of those those were pretty standard guys um and it totally makes sense that barack obama came out of that um, after John right. Edwards went down, yeah, then it's just Obama oh, and Hillary. It's just you know, dude, it's so good. John John Edwards. I mean, talking about just like scumbags. You got you got John Edwards. Was was that guy a Democrat in South Carolina? I saw him the other day. Um, the one that like he was the governor of South Carolina and he went like missing, and they were like, oh god, we've like lost our governor. And it turns out he was like in uh. Argentina with his mistress. Do you know? Do you remember that that story? He was like hiking in Argentina. Was that was that Edwards? No, no, no. Edwards was. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah. What was his Sanford. name? Got it. Yeah, Sanford. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, total. I saw him the other day with the mistress, actually. Really? At, uh, at one sixty-seven oh. Raw Bar in in Charleston. Um, they what were, a was, what a piece of work, God, dude. To, I mean, it was. It was like yeah. It was like Argentina. news story where they're like, we we don't <laughs> actually know where the governor went. <laughs> I think you're right. It was Argentina too. Oh yeah, for for sure. For Who just, sure. Yeah. What a bizarre yeah. human being. Bizarre. I can't even remember what that guy. I guess he must have been a Republican. Remember, uh, like the centrist. What was his name? I think he was from like. Yeah, he was a Republican. He was a senator from like Virginia or something, but he uh. He was he would try to say like some centrist stuff in 2016, on the on the Democrat side, and then he really messed up because he was like, they said, 
<laughs> it was like, Bur- I don't know how they got onto this or how like a moderator let them get away with this line of of questioning because like the Democrats. I mean, th- you know, we just went through eight years of Obama, who was this crazy pro-war. He dropped twice as many bombs as George Bush. He destabilized seven or eight new countries aside from the ones George Bush destabilized and all that invaded Libya, Syria, Yemen. All of that killed hundreds of thousands of people. But they, 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 they tried to like the moderator tried to frame like the Democratic Party as this, as like the you know like the doves or whatever like the anti-war party, which is preposterous. But uh, I forget the guy's name. But just <laughs> just like didn't realize like the question or whatever, and just started talking about all the guys he killed in Vietnam. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Um, he's like, oh, I just killed so many brown people in Vietnam, man. I was just stacking bodies, bro. And he just like goes on. Everyone's like, whoa. Um, Jim Webb. Jim Webb. Remember that guy? Dude. So I, I now that we were, we were talking about like the dorky guy, I remember the dorky guy's name because I'm looking at it right now. Jim Webb. Lincoln Chafee. Oh, that guy was the worst. <laughs> he was such a dweeb. Yeah. <laughs> He was just stand up like, hey, uh, yeah, I, I know God, I know Rhode Island's a really small state, but like we, you know, a lot of the things that work in Rhode Island, uh, we could we could apply those nationwide. And the moderator's like, like what 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 things? He's like, we, we, we have a lot of rich people that pay a lot of taxes. And yeah. Like, well, do you have a lot of poor people in Rhode Island? He's like, well, well, you know, not it was, necessarily. It was it was Maryland. He was the governor of Maryland, and he was the mayor of Baltimore before, and he kept trying to use examples of like how it was great when he was mayor of Baltimore and everybody's like, Baltimore's terrible. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's like the worst crime rate in the country outside of Chicago. You know, it's just totally falling apart. Everyone's poor. It's like, man, it's just, don't, you just, you don't, if you're a Democrat running for president, it is just unwise to use Baltimore, Chicago, San Francisco as an example. Like, it's just best to avoid those three cities. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't envy anybody that has to, to try and go in a city that's had some significant problems and try to like fix things. And, you know, obviously if someone goes and tries, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for a long time, but it, it's so funny watching these people go in, you know, clean slate, quote unquote, and they six months later are doing and adopting the exact same problems and policies that led them to exactly the state that it's in. And like no one, you know, you can just tell that like the city bureaucracy got to them and was like hey pal like this is kind of the way we do things and i you know it's best not to kind of turn over the apple car pal and they're like okay sounds good like, <laughs> don't well change what do you mean would hate that you know so it's uh it's always kind of funny to watch there's been so many man there's been so many bad i've, I've forgotten about a lot of the bad candidates yeah, you know, I mean, it takes a special special kind of hubris to run for president. <laughs> 2020, 2020 on the Democrat side, there was a whole bunch, too. Remember John Delaney? He's like a <laughs> congressman from somewhere. I mean, I'm kind of surprised, man, that it's not uh, I'm I'm very, very surprised that it, we don't have more people coming out. Like, it kind of seems like someone in the party will give kind of like the, the wink, wink, like it's OK, you know, to like start running. At some point, but like I, I it just hasn't come, you know. God, I mean, how loyal it, it is! It is crazy God. how loyal these Democrats are to the party. Like it's just not. I mean, like it's annoying sometimes when you just can't get Republicans to show up and vote for somebody. Like Republicans just didn't show up and vote for like Dr. Oz and all this stuff. Like people that would have won the Senate, and like that's annoying. It's like wrangling cats trying to get Republicans to vote for somebody, but it's just like the alternative is so much worse, man. 
Like it, it is crazy how ambitious. Like you have to be a sociopath to like be a senator. I mean, like it, it's just if you are a politician who wants to be president, you are more than like an absolutely despicable human being. You're the cockiest, most ridiculous, arrogant person on the face of the earth. And still, still, with all this ambition, they're still so loyal to the party, the capital P party, that nobody will jump in. Like, it is crazy, man. It's crazy. And I did it. We can, we can end on this. I This morning, I, because I, people will write in anytime I do a Q&A episode, they're like, they, they have to bench Biden and, and, and activate somebody else, right? Like, the guy has late stage Alzheimer's. He can't hold it together. And this morning, I was like, you know what? Maybe, because... I, I still think, look, Biden's still the overwhelming favorite to be reelected because, I mean, he would just absolutely smoke Trump if Trump's the nominee. But he's no longer capable of the best propaganda the Democrats had. And for those who missed it, almost 100, the death toll in, in Maui now is, is over 100 people. Now. Obviously, pray for the survivors. The destruction there is unreal. And a reporter yesterday asked Biden when he was sitting on the beach in Delaware, you know, any, any comment on the, you know, the, 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 death, the death toll in Hawaii? And, and Biden just yells, no comment. <laughs> At the reporter, not, you know, yeah, pray for the families, you know, hey, the feds are doing the best we can. Nope, just yelled at the journalist. So it's like Biden's always been this nasty, rotten old man. But the whole like the 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 line that worked on a lot of people, on a lot of independents and suburban women is like, oh, Joe's this old, kindly, compassionate old man, you know, and that's like the best piece of propaganda that the journalists and the DNC could come up with. It, it it immunized Biden to criticism, right? Like when Trump would attack Biden, when other Republicans would attack Biden, to a lot of especially women, um, prop, you know, the women are generally more susceptible to propaganda than men, but, you know, a lot of independents as well would just say, oh, why is Trump being so mean to this compassionate old man, right? And it immunized Biden to criticism. But it's like starting with the Afghanistan withdrawal when he drone-bombed those 10 people, including seven children under the age of 12, um, because CNN said he wanted they they wanted Biden to look more tough, so he just started slaughtering babies. And when asked about it, he was like, "That was that was three days ago, man. Who cares?" And people are like, "Oh, like he's he's a crazy psychopath. He's not like your your kind old grandpa, you know." So it's like, uh, if that keeps getting worse, maybe because that is that's the most effective propaganda they have is is he's just a kind old man. And if he if he can't, it's it's looking like he's going to be completely incapable of that line working anymore. So maybe they might, uh, you know, try to try to replace him with Kamala or, or Gavin Newsom or somebody like that. But I don't. May, maybe people just hate Trump so much, and the Democrats know it that they can just power through and just see what happens. But it's like I don't know. I I, I think I, I'm starting to think for the first time that they might actually try to bench Biden. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right too, and and I, it's interesting though because I did see, I mean, obviously we we won't know until it it plays out with Trump versus Biden if he ultimately wins the nomination, but it does look like when Trump is when people are moving around between different candidates, the people that peeled off of some of the initial enthusiasm for DeSantis aren't all falling for Trump, which is interesting. So it's like everyone seems to be looking for an alternative in certain Republican demographics. So I wonder like at what point some of these Republican voters come home and say like, you know, sure. Some of this drama is a mess, but like ultimately the things that Joe Biden are doing is doing in his administration, or, you know, as you know, I've talked about before are actually doing is, is incrementally worse than what, you know, Trump could, could ever do um, for another term. But, who knows, man? They're they they have a very like loyal base that I mean, even some of these people that you know have insane 
ambition like Buttigieg, Klobuchar, you know, Elizabeth Warren, all these people like they're, you know, everybody's everybody's staying in line. Um, and there's not like a ton of time, you know. So I don't know, you know, I I mean, I'm sure some states have like cutoffs very shortly. And I'm not I mean, I I is the Democrat rules with the superdelegates, do do they allow for reallocating to like a random person if i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know i don't i don't think that they do i don't think so it would have to be pre- it's got to be a guy that's that is in the race or a person that's in the race so like they would have to give it to someone who's announced or at least been on some ballot and like, it would have to be in the next six months yeah like you can't yeah. you know what i mean like it has to be before but it, i mean is no higher isn't iowa in january january yeah. Well, the the Democrats aren't doing Iowa because they want a black state first. So they're doing South oh, Carolina. Oh, they're doing South first. Carolina first. Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. It's I mean, I've always they... found it. I've always found it interesting that we we kick off in Iowa. I mean, like if you wanted to pick a state that kind of represented like general consensus of the nation, I mean, Iowa is not not where you want to start. Yeah, I mean, but I, black I people like, like Biden. They're just trying to protect Biden. Black people like Biden, so they want they want black people to vote first. I mean, dude, it's just like, and they tell they so say this. They're like, yeah, you know, we just, you know, black people are going to vote for Biden. We're going to have them go first. It's just like, okay, okay, guys. Like, it's so painfully transparent, man. It's so painfully transparent. It's always scary how much the Democratic Party, like, views entire ethnic groups as, like, oh, yeah. just monochromatic. They're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, every every black person of all economic and background and means, they're, they're all vote and act exactly the same. And we know that that's just obscenely not true. Like, yeah. It's just so crazy. Like, but sure joe go out and say what you want to say pal it's very strange i never i never that's odd i mean obviously like republicans need to do a better job of like going into those communities and talking to those communities because they right now do not absolutely um, outside of like miami i guess they like made a play for some latino votes in texas and miami but i mean you know the democrats their argument is like oh yeah you guys have all voted for us before so like come on back and that's it. That's a that, that's like the beginning and end of their full argument. It's very strange. I mean, man, if only we had a candidate who just won fifty five percent of Hispanics and forty percent of blacks in the third largest state in the country. That's not on me, man. I you know it's this, not on me. Some, they they have some dorks around them, man. I hope some of those those idiots are listening to this because, like, you guys are dorks and have done a terrible job. Like, come on, do do better. It's like not hard to run this kind of nonsense and to message better. Do do better. Do better. Get off Twitter. Stop being a bunch of dorks. Run better. It's not Damn hard. Like, None of these people understand. And tr- this is the Trump campaign's problem too. Not in the primary because he's, you know, he's way ahead in the primary, but it's going to kill him in the general. It's just like, and then this is DeSantis' team, their problem in the primary. It's like, dude, people are not on Twitter. They're not on Twitter. Like they're just not, dude. Like ten percent of American voters are active on Twitter. Like it's it's a tiny microcosm. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So the more you campaign for Twitter, the more it's going to hurt you later. It just yeah. doesn't, you know, and you see, like, I mean, the 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 one stat, the, the worst stat, the scariest stat coming out of Iowa, because, you know, we're in prime Iowa season. Everybody's campaigning in Iowa. The craziest stat that that really kills the Trump campaign in the general, one out of five Republicans voting in the Iowa caucuses said they will not support Trump in the general election. That's 20%, 21%, something like that. One that's never happened before. I mean, that no, that number is always 2%, 3%, not 20. 
And it's just Trump has lost so many people that, and he's not making any effort to win anyone back, either to win those people back or to win new voters. He seems content to whittle down his base of support. You know, his approval rating ratings at thirty five percent, four and a half points behind Joe Biden. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, what do you what do you do with that? You know, I mean, so many people and like a lot of people that really understand what's going on and like like me. I mean, it's like if Trump Trump would do a lot better in terms of earning my vote if he would one apologize for 2020 say i should have fired fauci shouldn't have shut down the national economy i shouldn't have attacked brian kemp and christy Nome and ron DeSantis for opening up their states you know this was on me i fucked up and i'm sorry that's what he needs to say but he won't and a lot of people won't vote for him because of that i don't know if i would vote for him in a, in a general election i don't know i mean it, he perpetuated the worst thing to happen to this country in a hundred years mm. i mean like i'm not and, and i, I Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's, like, worse than 9-11, but it's, like, the lockdowns affected your average American 10 times more than 9-11 did. It, it, it affected the average American more than the Patriot Act did, more than the New Deal did, more than the Great Society did. The, the state locked us in our homes at gunpoint and shut down the economy. That's crazy. Like, I know nobody wants to talk about this because there's only two or three governors in the entire country that, that got it right. And so Republicans don't want, you know, every Republican member of Congress and most Republican governors have pictures of them talking about how to take the jab wearing a mask alone in their car and stuff like that. So nobody really wants to revisit 2020 and 2021. But it's still the most important issue we're facing because we can't survive another one. Like, I mean, if, 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 the, if the state tries to unplug the economy and plug it back in again, it's all over, man. The dollar's never coming back. Like, it's, it, we're talking about untold death and destruction. If we don't make damn sure that the government is not capable of doing that to us ever again. Trump made it happen. He's learned nothing. And he says over and over that he never did anything wrong. That's not good enough. Like, I, I don't, like, I hope if, if Trump is running against Joe Biden, I hope Trump wins. Obviously, it, Biden is better, or I mean, worse than Trump at everything. I mean, it's more destructive. It, obviously, he's flirting with World War III with Russia. Obviously, the economy speaks for itself. I would much prefer Trump be president, but I don't blame anybody for saying this man was a tyrant. He handed over complete authority of the federal government to Anthony Fauci. I can't vote for that man. Do you blame anybody for feeling that way? I certainly don't. Yeah. No, I mean it's yeah, I mean he's definitely got he's definitely got a very, very significant uphill battle and, and you know, again, like this is sort of the, the debate conversation that without the ability of really kind of litigating it out, I mean obviously it's it's litigated every day and will be, but you know, without going on stage and battling it out with other, you know, Republican candidates, it's just like, there's just no shot for him to pick up the 3% of independent voters that he needs. I mean, that's all he really needs. You know, he's going to get about 45. Biden's going to get about 45. You know, Republican realistically needs about 48 to 49% of the country to win. So strategically certain areas, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a kind of a dismal outlook. And I think that we're we're racing very fast towards a 2024 loss if, if we don't pick it together. But, I mean, again, they could consolidate like like they have before and everybody gets behind Trump and people kind of pull him back a little bit and send kind of the presumed cabinet surrogates out there and it kind of tunes it down kind of like what they did uh, in like September of 2020. So, in, in which case, like Trump, by speaking less, his polls went up, you know, but... Well, he's coming. Then. He's coming back to social media and everything, so that'll help him talk less. 
Yeah. Offend, sure offend less white women in the suburbs. <laughs> they hate him so much. His, they hate him so much. And the, you know that his two biggest campaign surrogates will be Carrie Lake and Vivek Ramaswamy, right? How's yeah. that How's that going to help in the suburbs? I, you know, I'm a team player. Carrie Lake obviously... turned Arizona single-handedly into a blue state. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'll say this, man. I, you know, I'm a team player. I generally like people. I understand the outcomes of certain wins and certain losses and what that ultimately means. But, dude, God, dude, Carrie Lake is just so lame. lame. So incredibly lame. And yeah. everything everything about it is just like it comes across fake. It's just like fake. Her and Gretchen Whitmer look like they could be cast as like propaganda politicians yes. in some sort of like post apocalyptic yes. movie. Like, yes. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't unsee it. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. That's how I feel about them. I don't yeah, know. man. There's just so much, the Trump era, the Trump years brought so much money into politics. And I don't mean fundraising. People always raise a ton of money and spend a ton of money. I don't mean my campaign spending. I just mean the industry side, both in running for office or talking about people running for office. It's it's just so lucrative now that terrible people are going to continue trying to make a buck. People like Vivek Ramaswamy, Kerry Lake. I mean, it's like these people have dollar signs in their eyes, man, and it works. And like the, the, the toughest thing about it, there's always going to be grifters. There's always going to be idiots. There's always going to be people that don't understand the policies. There's always going to be people that play well in a primary but hurt in the general because they only speak to the base and not to the people in the middle and all that. But that's not what I mean. I just mean Carrie Lake makes more money if she loses. Vivek Ramaswamy makes more money if he loses. The incentives are for them to go out there, be loud, and lose because that's how they make the most money. If Carrie Lake actually had to work hard and be a governor, <laughs> she'd hate it. She doesn't want to be governor of Arizona. She'd actually have to have a nine-to-five job. She'd actually have to do things for people. But now he just she just gets to sell books and get paid to give speeches and hang out with Trump and do all, you know, like what, like the incentives are backwards. Like none of these people are incentivized. I mean, like Trump is incentivized to be president so he can pardon himself, I guess. But it's just like, what's better, aside from the, the all these ridiculous indictments and all that, and they're all totally unfair. Everybody knows that. But, like, what's better for Trump? Winning and being president, being attacked by everyone all the time and aging like milk for another four years into his mid-80s or just losing and being a hero and having fun and playing golf? I don't know, man. I th- I think – I don't know. I I think that he looks bad losing. I think that he actually genuinely wants to win. But not but... Kerry Lake. Because she oh, can just no. say, oh, I lost. Kerry, all right, no, Lake. I really won. I'm, the, I'm actually – I'm the real governor. I won. I didn't lose. And then no, people Carrie, are like, okay. Carrie, like wants to be like that. She wants to be like one of those like perpetual CPAC speakers that gets yeah, to roll Steve, in. She wants to be 10 Steve minutes. Bannon or you know somebody like that. Yeah, no, it's that's super freaking lame, dude. She's she's pretty lame. Watching her watching her do her nonsense, it's, it sucks. It's just tough to watch. Not to mention like, I mean, dude, we're talking about just some like easy wins, man. That like everybody got drugged down because of all the different Republicans that were getting nationwide attention. I mean. The fact that we lost to Fetterman, Fetterman, like, yeah, man, dude, the bro is showing up and giving like press conferences in the Senate and like a hoodie. Like, come on, come on. The guy had a stroke, lost the ability to communicate and then try to kill himself. Yeah. And, and his wife took their whole family, like what Hershey Park or Disney World or something. And I mean, pray for the guy. Like, I, I have nothing against John Fetterman. I hope he lives to 100 and re- makes a full recovery. But. The man sure. had a stroke, lost the ability to speak English, and tried to kill himself, and the people of Pennsylvania voted for him. He won by, what, 10 points? wasn't even close. Yeah. 
wasn't close. Wasn't close. And we, we have two Democrat senators really from can. Georgia, two Democrat senators, and a Democrat governor from Arizona. And the one guy, the one guy, like uh, the one guy from uh, from Georgia, uh, former preacher Warnock, Warnock, the false preacher. Yeah, dude, that guy like ran over his like girlfriend or something with a car, Wife. or like his tried to hit her, he hit her with tried a car kill her, or something. Try to kill her, ran her over with a car, got away with it. Crazy. Like, and just makes a living crazy. just like misquoting the Bible and just being evil. Just like oh, yeah, just, yeah. just saying evil, like semi-blasphemous stuff. Bro, yeah, man. So many people are making a living by just misinterpretation of the Bible, bro. It's very, it's very sad. Incentives, I, man. I, dude, the incentives I in our body politic are upside down. For commentators, too, man. Oh, for everything. I mean, it's just like it's... You hear, like, I, I was on a my buddy uh, Kyle Matovic's show the other day, last week, and we're ta- we were talking about how neither one of us liked Tim Pool, and it's because Tim Pool just <laughs> went on this like uh this tirade about how after because tr- Tim Pool just like loves Trump like more than he loves himself, you know, he's like just obsessed with Trump, and he's talking sure. about how after like the latest indictment, how like it's a civil war, you're in a civil war right now, whether you like it or not, and it's like. <sighs> like you that's one that's one all right one if people say that, that you're in a civil war i assume two things one you've never been in a fist fight i can guarantee you've never thrown a punch in your life two you couldn't shoot a three-inch group to save your life at mm. 50 yards if you, i hand you a rifle and say shoot moa at 100 yards you couldn't do it and if i say throw a punch at me that lands you couldn't do it in a million years that's that that's that's what I think of people that are constantly talking about how we're in a civil war. One, two, like it's we're, the 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 financial incentives are just pushing every commentator on the right to just say crap like that all the time, because it just makes some money, man. It gets clicks, it gets ears. I don't know why. I don't know why people want to be bogged down with this constant propaganda and BS negativity all the time. I don't get it. I don't know why people are attracted to content like that. It seems tedious and terrible. To me, but you know what? What do I know? I, I, what, I don't know. Apparently, people are drawn to it, though. Oh no, dude! People, people love that nonsense. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I mean, I, I am very, I, I feel any commentator that goes down the like the Civil War rabbit hole, it makes me very uncomfortable. I, I don't, I don't love that. I feel like that just sort of begets the fact that like most Americans are morons and that saying this stuff perpetually can only lead to the outcome that you keep saying because if people are only getting their sources from like one or two people they're not getting like a holistic interpretation of what everybody's sort of saying to each other and it just it leads to just crazy outcomes and like there's going to be some sort of event that takes place at some point that people aren't going to be able to like put back in the box and it's going to be not great so and it's already like you and i've talked about like what values we actually possess as americans and what sort of like unifying characteristic exists and it's like uh, how many how many of those are really left if we're being honest like uh, other than like there's America's regional place we can like buy shit there's regional stuff i think there is like community-based stuff that that still binds people together but it's yeah man it's few and far between and if any man before you if you're listening here and you're thinking about tweeting about how we're in a civil war <laughs> just please don't read what u.s grant robert e lee both said about the civil war man read what those guys had to say about war I mean, it, like it is, the Civil War was the most horrific thing to ever happen in this country. Six hundred thousand people died. Like Robert E. Lee, the 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 Confederate general, Robert E. Lee wrote, I, I'm, "I'll probably butcher the quote. It was something along the lines of, 'I wish I had the money to buy every slave in the South. I'd 
I free them all instantly to avoid this, to avoid what's coming. It's like this. They and Grant would, you know, said similar things about about how horrific this war was going to be, and he was right. I mean, it's like guys, you have no idea. Like, it's like what are you talking about, man? It's it's terrifying to get into a bar fight. Okay, like if if you've ever just been in any kind, like if you've been in, I've never been in the military, but like I'm sure if anybody served in the military is listening, if you've seen combat, you know how horrific it is and how ridiculous these idiots on Twitter are for talking about a civil war. But if you've just been involved in any kind of physical violence in your life, like if you've been in a fight, if you've like, it's just it's terrible. It's the worst feeling in the world, even when you win. It's just terrible. It stresses you out. It's the worst thing in the world. You don't come out of it unscathed no matter who you are. It's just like these people who know nothing of violence talking, using all this violent rhetoric, just makes me sick, man. It's like, gosh, you're just cosplaying. Like, Tim Pool, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> like Ty, you could kick that guy. I, I don't know anything about Tim Pool, but I know this. You could kick his ass with one arm and one leg tied behind your back. You know what I mean? Because it's just like these people with the, the, the violent rhetoric, man, know nothing. they don't know what violence is. They've been, never been a part of violence. They've never been on the business end of violence, you know. It's like, ugh, grow up. Oh, dude, I think about this all the time, dude. And there's like the, the the people that talk the loudest on this kind of stuff are like the biggest dorks. Like that one, what's that one guy's name? That's like a, he's like a total racist. He's like a small little like dweeby white dude. You know what I'm talking about? He's always like, oh, the Nazi kid. The, yeah, the Nazi kid. Um, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, but like if that guy, like I would I would bet on any person. Nick Fuentes. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Yep. I any person could beat the snot out of that kid anyone like yeah. and it's just like you know like you see these people and you look at them and you look at how big they talk on twitter and stuff and you're just like dude can you just like can you just like bottle it back up bro like you need to you can get yourself killed like the wrong person is gonna like just see you and knock you out it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be really awkward and like no one's gonna like rush over you know it's gonna be like oh that sucks bro have a good one yeah it's just it's so weird man it is. I mean, it's it's weird too. Like with the Trump phenomenon, like it's Trump gets away with that kind of violent rhetoric and stuff like that, and he's an eighty year old overweight billionaire from New York. It's like what? He's not some rancher from Montana, man. You know, he's not some like rough, you know, combat veteran who's up shooting mountain goats or something. You know, it's like I don't know how he, his supporters, who are rough dudes, who are bunch of 50 year old truckers drinking a pint at the end of the bar you know like i don't know how they let trump get away with that kind of rhetoric but they do you know it's just yeah it's funny man it's funny what people let politicians get away with and what they don't oh yeah yeah well i mean he created kind of a funny um i don't even know what you call it like kind of an aura about himself that was like he was like this supreme physical specimen <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. like talk about that a lot, and we're like, "Oh yeah, no, he's he's like a he's like the guy," you know. And that was all. That was always like kind of fascinating for me. You know what <laughs> I want? Remember when he was first elected president? And like they do like the physical with the like the White House doctor or whatever, and they just like they come up with like Trump is healthy as a horse. He's healthier than any 18 year old I've ever met. He's six four, 185 pounds, and we're all like, "Okay, well, all right. <laughs> like it's just not." It's not. That's not true. Like it's, it's like why, I don't know why in your mid seventies you feel the need to lie about how tall you are and how fat you are, but it's like, I, we, weird. That's weird. It's so weird. Why? Just like nobody. Like you're seventy five. Like it doesn't. Like you're not supposed to have a have abs, bro. Like it's. I mean, good Lord willing, I I 
have abs in my 70s, but probably not. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It just doesn't happen yeah, for many people. Not. So it's not everybody's a RFK junior, you know? Dude, that guy. God, steroids are such a cool thing. Like that bro is totally, I mean, you don't think, you don't think that dude's natty, right? No. No, way. no. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool no. Cool. Um. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't eat much food because he thinks everything gives you autism or cancer yeah. or mercury poisoning or something. Dude, can we talk about something for a second and Absolutely. how the internet is like the worst thing? So here's mm-hmm. the thing about the internet. So the internet now has like way too much information on it. And if I'm trying to find something like right now, I'm trying to find the current breakdown of senior citizens and how much home equity that they own. Okay, dude, just typing the word equity produces 70 of the same article oh gosh. talking about like equity of like how seniors don't have like equity and like the truest sense of equity right right of like whatever and i'm talking I'm, I'm like financial equity and dude just it's 70 the same article and these like reporters are just copying each other's crap and writing a different article and like a different news site and it's all the same crap pulling off of the same report and i'm like like how can i do use like a filter on google it's like i don't want anything from a news source like i want something that's from like like a think tank or a, like a like a, a government bank. bureau, yeah, yeah, or a bank. Like, God, man, it's just like like if you try to find like a. I know that Trump said this like one quote about China one time, but it's like whatever the latest quote is from Trump in China produces like seven thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. of the same result from seven thousand different news organizations. It's the, it's the worst. Yeah, so. I mean, like Duck Duck goes a little better, but the functionality is not great, and it's it's still kind of a lot of the same problems. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the worst thing. But, Especially you know, the word just... equi- equity, too. I mean, that oh, completely God. fabricated definition of that word over the last 10 years is just, like, <laughs> completely meaningless at this point. Well, I mean, and the good thing for the listeners, um, if I'm looking at, well, depending on who you are, I'm looking at the Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard, and it looks like rent prices are starting to go down nationwide as well as maybe a little bit of home prices. So depending on who you are, what you're trying to do, trying to get out of HELOC, probably a bad thing. You're you're going to be in a little bit of trouble for an appraisal. If you're trying to buy a home, you know, looks like you're uh, you're in luck. And, you know, the rent is always too damn high. So that's yeah. what it is. So we'll see. I uh, I think it is going to come down. I, um, I, I think the auto market's going to come down first, I think, maybe even before, like, um, the housing prices and rent prices start going down. Because, like, you got to remember, man, like, we have been in a recession for over a year. Um, I mean, going back, like, 75 years, the accepted definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Um, And that was first and second quarter of last year, 2022. Um, And then, typically, we would say that we are in a recession until, um, obviously, the GDP goes up. And then, also, inflation hits, like, the Fed's projected, you know, 2% inflation rate year over year. And they just didn't, I mean, the Democrats were in power, so they're like, oh, no, we're just going to change the def. <laughs> we're not really in a recession, but, like, we have been for a year. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Oh, for sure. That, that, that is a fact. So it's like, we are, just don't forget what the press says. Just understand we've been in a recession for, you know, 14, 15 months now. So we are at that time where people are just going to run out of money. People are going to stop buying homes, stop buying cars, and prices are going to start to come down. Um Obviously, essentials like food and stuff like that are going to stay high for a long time still, unfortunately. But I, like, you are going to see prices starting to come down. But that's not because the government's doing anything well. It's just the fact that 
the recession is running its course. <laughs> like, we have been balls deep in a recession for over a year. So it's like, if you view it that way, not through the propagandistic lens of the press, you, you know, the, the prices you're seeing are going to start making a lot more sense. What is funny, too, when they run these, like, funny little wordsmithing games when they're talking about, oh, actually, inflation is at the lowest it's been in, like, seven years. And it's like, oh, you're saying that the m- amount it's going up per month is down from I see. But what you're really saying is that, yes, inflation is still happening at a historically high rate, but it's not as bad as it was. Got it. But like the way that they kind of like circumlocute, you know, with, with their language is like the cutest. It's precious. I mean, they'll keep doing it as long as it keeps working. It worked like a charm. Yeah. And Republicans got, you know, Republicans got blown out in the midterm, so it worked. That was the goal. I mean, they only cared about the midterms. Yeah. So it worked, you know. Goes, man. So hopefully we can have a better message, but I don't think that day is coming anytime soon. <laughs> and we'll end on that note. And on a positive note, as always, Ty, my brother, uh, you're not really on Twitter. Is there anywhere where you want people to follow you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should start tweeting again. I, I've got to decide whether or not I want to play Russian roulette with my career. Probably not. Maybe just stick to IG. Maybe you not. Know? Pictures IG. of uh, flying planes and stuff like that. Dude, I dude, come to IG, man. That's uh, that's where the fun is. You just post pictures of planes and my roses, and you know, we went to Universal this weekend. So my brother's joining the army. So oh, nice. Yeah, so we had to see him off in a fun way. So did you uh sign up for uh IG's stupid uh Twitter app that they had for a week there? Uh, I think it did. Maybe Threads. Is it gone now? Is it still like operational? I have no idea. Never checked it. I just I just did it because it was like kind of on the thing. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do it. Because I, I, I feel like there might be a moment where Elon Musk is just like, I'm over it. And just nukes Twitter. Just to like make fun of the, the journos. Because like he just doesn't care. So I think, I think there to... could be a moment where he's just like, I'm, I've burnt it all to the ground. It does not exist anymore. And that journos would lose their entire identity overnight, which would be kind of hilarious. It would kind of be hilarious. It'd be real tough to promote the podcast, though, without Twitter, I will say. Well, see, I hate it for people like you. I want, I want yeah. you to have your ability to promote. Yeah. But, but, but that, or just nuking the journal accounts. So. Oh, I, I, I mean, I think that would. I think that's a ninety ten issue. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So. Everybody, uh, hop over on IG and follow Ty. <laughs> He's great. That's all <laughs> I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmick. <laughs>